Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are. For a topic such as has been, give, been given to us, fulfilling our different roles in marriage, the natural portion of scripture to go to is Ephesians chapter 5, where the Apostle Paul is dealing with relationships, relationships within the Christian household. He talks about relations between uh, Christians in general, and then from verse 21 of chapter 5, he begins to deal with uh, the marriage bond, how a wife and a husband ought to relate together and live together. And then he goes on to deal with the uh, children in the home from chapter 6 and verse 1. And then uh, um, he deals with employment as well, chapter 6 and verse 5. And uh, he ends with uh, how we ought to relate with the devil. Fight, the scripture says, from verse 10 to the end. So he's really talking about uh, relationships within mm -hmm. the marriage bond, uh, at least from verse 21. Let me then read uh, Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water and through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and uh, blameless. In the same way also, husbands, ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife, and the wives, let me read verse 25 again. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Fulfilling our different roles in marriage. It is rather interesting that a topic like this uh, should be chosen for discussion, especially in this era of our world. 
And the question that I'm asking is, am I to give a reminder of these roles, a reminder of these roles to those who have been married for a long time? Because for, as far as I know, they actually have read the scriptures. Nevertheless, the topic has a place in the scriptures. Unfortunately, uh, the topic excludes what I consider critical roles, uh, the ones which are common to both. The topic says fulfilling our different roles, but there is also a whole chunk of uh, roles which are common to both the wife and the husband. And as for me, um, I would rather um, choose to deal with both, with both. Let me give you um, some of the common um, roles between a husband and a wife. For example, companionship. The Lord created Eve to be a companion, a helpmeet to Adam. He says, I will make a helper suitable for him. So husband and wife are suitable companions. They are cronies. They are the closest of friends, as we shall see later on. I would like to emphasize that the couple are actually each other. If there is a couple right now sitting next to each other, I would like them to look at each other and say to each other, I am you. I am you. And that's very, very important. A husband and a wife, they are actually each other. Why do I say that? Because the bond between them was made by God. Was made by God. He bonded them together, just like he did Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And this bond is so strong that uh, only death can break it. In fact, let me emphasize this, husband and wife are actually unit mates. They are unit mates. What do I mean by that? In other ways, as I have said, they are each other, but they are more than that. Their bond is so unique that, uh, that uh, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's like, it's actually the best illustration of uh, the unity of God. God said, let us make man in our own image. Uh, verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1, let us make our man in our own image. In other words, um, there we have the one God. The scripture says, God said, and then he says, let us, which means plural. So you have the one God, and then it is plural. Let us make man in our image. Again, plural. Uh, but uh, he is one God. And the scripture also says, so God created man in his own image. Male and female, he created them. That is extremely important for you to bear in mind. And I will insist, the husband and the wife are actually unit mates. They are one. I know elsewhere, like the, the scripture I read in, in Ephesians chapter 5 says, the two become one flesh. They are actually unit mates. They are a unit. And that's very, very important. I think 
this point must be stressed because all that we shall be talking about later on hinges upon this. Here is my wife. She is my unit mate. We are really actually one. And therefore, a lot of things must be true about us concerning these unit mates. Now, so they are no longer true, the scripture says, but uh, one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, in other words, what happens in marriage when we are pronounced husband and wife, we, it is actually God himself joining us up to become one in that way and become unit, unit mates. So it's very, very important then um, that uh, I emphasize the idea of these other areas where there is this common role, common role between the husband and the wife. For example, look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. The scripture says there, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Who are these that he's talking to? There are two sets here. First, he's talking about how Christians ought to live with one another. That is from chapter, chapter 4. And he talks about that in great length. And then um, in chapter 4, 5 verse 21 he says be subject one to another out of reverence for Christ and uh, you will notice that when I was reading verse 22 I said wives see to your husbands I did not use the word submit was I wrong no I wasn't wrong because the word submit does not appear in verse 22 it's not there it's not there in the original. So what does that mean then? It means that verse 21 links general living among Christians and the husband and the wife. And the verb that is used in verse 22, which most translations do anyway, most translations read, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. They actually do that. Why do they do that? Because when you are translating the scriptures or translating these things from original language to the, to, to, the, to the actual language that you know, we can actually borrow a verb from the previous verse or a verb in the next verse. And therefore it makes sense. So when we read verse 22, wives submit yourselves or wives to your husbands as to the Lord. What is the word used there? Submit. Which means all these other translations that use the word submit in verse 22 are actually correct. Are actually correct. I need to emphasize that because, because uh, as I said, verse 21 links up the two major passages. Where Christians live together, they are supposed to be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then, as he zeroed down on this area of husband and wife, he again continues with uh, submit to yourself or to your husbands as to the Lord. So there is the link uh, exegetically, as we say in theology. What is verse 21 saying? Only this, that the Lord Jesus Christ should be central to all that a couple does. He should be central to all that Christians do in the body of Christ. 
Christ must be central, or we will miss a lot of things from obeying the scriptures. Christ is central. Be subject one to another out of reverence for Christ. And I can't emphasize that more than that. After all, this happens in the church. And uh, as I said earlier on, um, uh, concerning verse 21. The other one that is true, so the first thing I have said that is common is that there is submission between husband and wife. The wife must submit to the husband and so the husband also ought to submit to his wife in that way. But then there are these specific ones. Um, but then there is a second one, a second uh, role that each of these two must play. And it is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 to 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 to 5. And there, the scripture is saying, the husband should give his wife her conjugal rights. In other words, when the wife wants sex, he shouldn't say, uh, mm, uh, mm, uh, no, no, not at all. He should give his wife her conjugal rights. And the scripture says, likewise, the wife should give her husband his conjugal rights. And here he's talking about sex. And what is at play in this particular area here is a word called love. A love which is called in Greek eros. That love which attracts one particular man to one particular woman and which eventually ends up in sex. Eros is a very critical love. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying, Madam, if you are feeling really sexy, please get your husband to the bedroom. And he, Mr. Husband, if you are feeling sexy, please um, see that uh, you get your wife. And uh, um, so it's very, very important for you, husband and wife, please fulfill your marital duty to your husband or to your wife. And that will be very important. And remember that either of you, as I have said already, can actually initiate this relationship, this particular relation of sex, any of you. And uh, this is said in verse 4, where the Apostle Paul says, the wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to the husband. In other words, the husband can initiate sex, and the wife must fulfill that particular role. And it also says the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. In other words, a wife is also free to initiate sex. And when they do, fulfill your marital duty. That's very, very important. Let's bear these things in mind. No excuses should be entertained by either party. No excuses. Uh, here I'm using Chinyanja. Please oblige. Okay? Please oblige. Um, don't say, uh, in any me, I am me, uh, uh. There are things that happen in marriage that can, can, you know, are genuine reasons why I cannot initiate sex. For example, when she's sick, 
she's ill. Can I say, mm, darling, mm, darling, no, not at all. I can't do that because she's sick. She's sick. So let's be very clear uh, concerning this other common law, conjugal rights. And then there is also love. I talked about love huh, in case of uh, uh, those verses I've just been dealing with. But there is love which in Greek is philos, okay, is philos. The Lord Jesus Christ used that word to his disciples. He said, love one another as I have loved you. That is philos, brotherly love. Uh, John 15 verse 12, um, love one another as I have loved you. And then First Peter chapter 4 verse 8 says, Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Again, the word there is philos. Brotherly love. Yes. Is my wife my sister in the Lord? The answer is yes. Is my husband my sister in the Lord? The answer is yes. Therefore, we must love each other as Christ loved the church. We must love each other in that way. Um, so there is another role that a husband can play and a wife can play. Um, loving each other in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have dealt with eros and now with philos. Uh, love each other. If a husband and wife can actually obey this instruction, as I said earlier on, then all the other things that we shall deal with will not be a hurdle. They will not be a problem, as it were. So please bear that in mind. And because we are all saints, as I have said, obedience to this command should be straightforward. Well, now, Methinks that if both the husband and the wife excel in these roles, which are common to both husband and wife, if they excel in this, the fulfillment of their different roles will naturally fall in place. So it is very, very important that we think of that love between me and my wife. In other words, the spouses must be Christ-focused. They must be Christ-focused. And also, they must be Bible-focused, Scripture-focused. And uh, all things will move very well. All in, let me then turn over to the individual roles that the subject uh, uh, refers to. First of all, let me uh, look at the, this issue uh, from husbands, from husbands. The scripture says, love your wife. Love your wives. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And here, the word love is not eros, neither is it philos. It's actually agapao. Actually agapao. What is the apostle saying? He's saying, husbands, love your wives with the love of God. Agape. Love your wife with the love of God. And it's the same way that is translated love in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world. is the word agapao. So, and the husbands are called to a very high ministry. 
And I will say again, a very high ministry. So high that a, a person like me feel, mama ine, mama ine, can I do it really? But I must love my wife with God's love. As I have said before in premarital counseling, what, what Paul is saying here is, look at this big love, this love which loves the whole world as it were, which loves specifically the whole world, this big love. Husband, condense this love. So condense it. Remember, it loves so many people of the world and of so many eras of the world, of time as it were. And he says, condense that love, you husband, and focus it on your wife. Oh, to me, there are times when I wish I was a woman. Um, because this injunction is heavy on the husband. It's quite heavy from the scriptures. It's extremely important. And so what we are saying is, husbands, please continue to fulfill this role of loving your wives. Just like Christ loved us. What is he saying furthermore? He is saying to, 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 to husbands, love your wife sacrificially. Don't put any conditions as it were. Love her unconditionally. For me, if a wife who is, you know, if a wife is loved with this kind of love and it shows on moment by moment days, I would think that such a wife should be so grateful to the Lord that she has married this man. The other thing is, a husband must lead. Remember, the first one is the husband must love. The husband must lead. The scripture tells us that the husband is the head of the wife. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. The husband is the head of the wife. Uh, and that is very important. Um, and uh, we must love over and over again. Put this and you know unfailingly love your wife unfailingly you are the leader and you must lead your wife and lead your household how do you lead this wife of yours and this household of yours let me suggest this lead lead you lead this household and especially your wife you lead her spiritually you lead her spiritually and that is why you must have family altars this is why you must pray together this is why you must go to church together as a family but the one who is at the you know front as it were is the husband it's extremely important you love your wife psychologically as well and you love your wife emotionally as well when she's downcast when she's going through some difficulties you identify with her emotionally emotionally what am i saying be the godly leader the scripture talk takes off make sure that all is in place as I said earlier on, the family order must be alive. 
education of the children and the supplies at home, the husband takes the lead, as it were. I'm aware of the current world that sometimes the husband may be, as it were, uh, laid off from work, and therefore, because of lack of jobs, he's likely to just stay at home for a season. Uh, does he stop being a leader? My answer is no. He is still as much a leader as he has always been a leader. That is extremely important. Um, so let him lead. I'll be saying one of the encouragements later on concerning this. And the family order I've mentioned already. The other thing that is peculiar to the husband is to listen and learn. Listen and learn. What do I mean by that? A husband who is a Christian must be in love with the Bible, must be in love with the Bible. Um, they must be a reader of the scriptures. And as they read, they listen. And as they listen, they learn heavy things from the word of God, which must be applied in their family. So please read the scriptures and uh, um, uh, read the scriptures. It's very, very important. Um, and that listening I'm talking about will so equip us as husbands in our marriages as to lead the way the Lord Jesus Christ led. That's very, very important. The way this, the Lord Jesus Christ also led the church. So, no, be a Bible scholar, a Bible reader, a Bible lover as it were and uh, you will gain a lot of insight concerning this particular reading. But uh, on top of that, let me just add something else. Read good Christian books. I would, uh, I would even go to further extent that uh, read Puritan paperbacks. Puritan paperbacks. Read big books like uh, John Owen's, um, uh, uh, John Owen and the others who, who, who read Christian books, read solid books. That's what I'm talking about. Solid books as a husband. Uh, in our early years as boys, uh, one of the things that differentiated boys and sometimes differentiated them from the girls was that boys were, were keen on reading and reading Puritan books, as it were. Reading books written by J.I. Parker and all these others, they were, they were swallowers of, of, of reading, as it were. Um, but it wasn't very common amongst the ladies. It wasn't common those days. And uh, I would like a husband to be a well-equipped person, well-equipped person, so that they are able to read, to lead, their families. Perhaps the last one I need to bring forth concerning the special role of a husband is to respect his wife. Respect his wife. Now, uh, there are some of you who say, ah, and they say, yes, the scripture does say respect your wife. Okay? Respect your wife. For example, First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And see to it that you respect your wife. Um, uh, that's very, very important. 
At church, my dear friends, it is quite obvious that we see this respect clearly displayed. There is, I, I'm yet to come across a husband who is shouting at his wife at church. I'm yet to come across that. I'm yet to come across that. But perhaps the shouting might be in the bedroom. In the bedroom. But whichever way, the scripture says, respect your wife. Respect her. And uh, uh, the, the original from what, from, uh, which says, for they are a weaker vessel, um, the original can be translated because she is a lady. Respect her because she is a lady. I've come across some ladies, lady wives, as it were, who have developed jealousy because his wife really respects every other woman. Not as much as she thinks he respects him, uh, her, as it were. Uh, that is a sad statement. That's a sad statement. And as we say in premarital counseling, this husband is ready to open the car for another woman to go in. He does not do the same thing for his wife. That's unusual. And if I were a wife, I would, again, I think I would be jealous. Right? I would say, mm, he does this to this woman. Not me, sure. Eh? No, 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 no. Respect your wife. Respect your wife. Let me turn then to women, to, husband, to wives. To wives. Um, to wives. As far as wives are concerned, uh, one of their roles, which is distinct to them, is submission. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. As to the Lord. And uh, I think uh, um, we have indicated before that uh, this submission is not a negative command. It is not a negative command. It's a very positive command. In, any, in psychology, we learn that you know, in any group of two or more, one is bound to lead the other. If there is a group of people, two or more, one is bound to lead the other. And God, in his wisdom, has chosen the husband to be the leader in this two-someoneness. This two someoneness, in this uh, as it were, as a, in this unit, unit that he, he has created, he has chosen the husband. As, and I say in premarital cancer, husband didn't go to God with banners and saying, "Choose us to be, to be leaders in this home." No, it is his sovereign choice, God's sovereign choice. He has chosen the husband to be the wife. Therefore, what is the appeal? Wives, accept the leadership that your God has given your husband. Accept that leadership. And willingly so, without uh, grudges as it were. No, do that. And you'll be living a Christian life. Even when the husband has no job, he still needs to be submitted to. And that is extremely so. Um, and if you do so, my dear wife out there and here, you will surely be pleasing the God of your salvation in Christ. 
These days, yes, some husbands stay at home, not because of any reason, as it were, but because they have left employment for some reason, as it were. And there will be many others who, during this COVID season, will have lost their, their work, their jobs, as it were. They do not cease to be your leader, dear wives. They are still your leaders. But let me make this statement concerning this submission from the scriptures. This submission is more of an attitude rather than an action. It's an attitude rather than an action. An attitude boiled in the wife by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the, her reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ, by her obedience to the scriptures. It is this which creates this attitude in her to submit herself to her husband. So everything associated with it must be governed by scriptural teaching. In other words, just as we said, for the husband, there must be readers of the word. So I say, wives, be readers of the word. Be among those that even read Puritan paperbacks, those who read these books, works of John Owen and these others. Read them. I know of one woman, I almost mentioned her, who actually read all the 16 volumes of John Owen's books. All of them, line by line, she finished them. And uh, I say to myself, that's a lady who wants to be so saturated with the Lord Jesus Christ eh, that the question of submission is not a negative thing at all. If you submit unconditionally, you build his ego. Again, that's just my 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 my. Um, my statement about the husband. One of the things that is true about the husband is that his ego must be kept in place. His ego. Once it is broken down, he will be unable to do many things as willingly as he ought. So what am I saying? If you wisely, uh, as it were, unconditionally submit to your husbands, you will build his ego to greater heights and he will be a great achiever in your marriage. Build his ego, ladies. Build his ego and he will be a great achiever in your marriage. The next thing that is true about the wife is that she was created for companionship created for companionship. The scripture says, I will make a helper suitable for him. Earlier on he says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And that is extremely important. And what does he do? He creates Eve from Adam's rib. Creates Eve from Adam's rib and brings her to the man and their marriage life begins then. And don't forget what I said earlier on. Remember that husband and wife are actually each other, and they are unit mates. So what am I saying? Live accordingly. Follow scripture teaching. Be the best friend to your husband. The best friend 
to your husband. And remember what we say in Prima to Counseling, uh, friends talk, friends walk, friends joke. So friends, they share deep things of life. Friends walk together. These days there are very few couples that walk together, but they drive together. If at all they do drive together. But whichever way, you must find yourselves clung together, as it were, sticking to each other. Remember, you are unit mates. I have a disquiet here, and that is this, that unfortunately in our days, phones are slowly taking away our closeness. That's a sad statement. Phones are slowly taking away our closeness. Because even when you're in the bedroom, this one is on their phone and they are reading text messages, reading whatever, WhatsApp or, or status, they are reading email and all kinds of things. You know, the, the, you know the, the phone, the cell phone as it were, has now begun to create a boundary between husband and wife. It's, in other words, instead of talking to each other, husband and wife are busy talking to other people out there when they are just the two of them in the bedroom. But they are talking to other people out there. And to make matters worse, uh, most husbands and wives do not avail each other their phones, their handsets. And uh, that can create suspicion in many ways. <laughs> this can breed suspicion. The other one for wives eh, is that they must love their husbands. That's strange. Eh? Um, I was listening to, uh, to a, I was looking at the pictures on a TV set where this man, a well-known person, unfortunately he has died, <coughs> was saying, I see no verse in the scripture that says, wives love your husbands. I can't see any verse. And I, I said to myself, maybe because you haven't read the scriptures, maybe you haven't read the whole scripture, because the scripture says in, uh, in Titus chapter one, uh, chapter two, sorry, and verse two, he says there, and so teach the younger women to love their husbands. Okay, to love their husbands. Now, you are to love husbands. Yes, the, the Lord has commanded the husband to, to specially love you, but elsewhere you can love, and you must love your husbands. That's very, very important. Um, and this must be done in such a way that the world will see the light of Christ in your lives. Naturally, you will be great, you'll be a great teacher to the younger wives that are coming after you. That's what Paul is saying in Titus. So please, love your husbands. Love your husbands. And the other one which perhaps I might end with is respect. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33. You must love uh, your wife as you'd love your own body and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Okay? Respects her husband. 
That is very, very important. So there is this submission, there is this respect, there is this love that must issue from the wife to the husband, and that is very critical. May I make a, a blanket statement here concerning uh, both husband and wife? Most couples go very close to scriptural teaching in the early years of their marriages. Early years of their marriages. They, they, are, they really stick to the scriptures. Uh, but uh, as the years go by, they slowly move away from the scripture, especially when they have run out of children. Let me repeat, especially when they have run out of children. There are just the two of them, as it were. A pair of eyes looking at another pair of eyes. And uh, uh, with so many bedrooms available, they use only one uh, after they have run out of children. Um, but it is at that point where most times, and in most cases, it's just from my observation, um, I become like I used to be when I was a boy, I become like I used to be when I was a girl, as it were, in those days, and I, you know, all, everything just breaks loose, as it were. And sometimes this can cause a lot of problem between husband and wife. No, do not return to your boyhood or girlhood days. No, remain in the scriptures. Remain in the Lord your God. You are part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there you are then. There are these common elements between husband and wife, and I've made statements on that. Then there are these specific ones about the husband and specific ones about the wife. Now, that's very, very important, and uh, I would urge both of you to be so glued to the Bible, to be so saturated with the spirit of the living God, that you will be able to do as the scripture says, as far as your marriage is concerned. Now, finally, let me say this. All these, you know, roles that we have been talking about are actually imperatives. They are imperatives. They are not suggestions. They are imperatives. They are commands. They are commands. Therefore, we must obey those commands. We must obey those commands. And why is it that certain marriages are on, in trouble almost all the time? It's because they, ha they are not paying attention to what the scripture says. And therefore, this one will be thinking their own, doing their own, the other one also their own. And ultimately, there is conflict between the two of you. That should never be the case. Let me repeat. These are not suggestions. They are commands. And commands must be obeyed. And once they are obeyed, the Lord is glorified. The Lord is happy. And you, you shouldn't be surprised if the Lord now begins to shower a lot of blessings within your marriage. You shouldn't be surprised because you are obeying his commands. And please obey these commands and you live well in the family of God. And you live well even in your own family. Even in your own unit mate kind of relationship. May the Lord bless the ministry of his word. Let's pray.
Uh, Father, we thank you for being the God that you are, the God of love, the God of grace, the God of our salvation. And we thank you that you desire the best from us towards you, the best from us towards others, and especially the best from us to our own wives and to our own husbands. And so, Lord of glory, sanctify this word and keep us well focused on the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep us ever conscious that we have divinity in ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So help us not to offend him by disrespecting these commands that you have given in the scriptures. So our Father, hear us. Hear this prayer brought before you in the name of him with whom we are well pleased, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Reverend Nyarenda. That was really very practical. Um, you, st you started talking about uh, the common roles, and then you now went into the different roles that the husbands play. So um, the different the roles that the husband and the wife uh, play in marriage. So that's really a bonus, especially on the common on the common roles, because the the theme is about playing our different roles but you laid the foundation for the common roles as well. Yeah, so as we had announced earlier, we said that if you have any question that you would like to pose to Reverend Nyerenda, please post in the comment section of the stream, or you can text them to me on WhatsApp or regular text, 0977 0977-960808. Um, I have not seen any questions so far, but I compiled a few that I thought maybe you could expand on uh, Reverend Yerenda. Is Reverend Yerenda still in the video frame? Is it still visible? Okay, let me move this side. Oh yeah, this one can be, can be. Thank you. So is he visible? All right, thank you very much. Yeah, when you were talking about uh, submission, uh, you, you touched on um, one, one issue of the husband, for example, losing a job, and then the wife usurps the authority and wants to, to lead. Um, that's, that's quite common, I, and we hear of it, uh, maybe coupled with submission as well, the wife does not want to submit because the husband no longer has a job or is no longer making as much money as he used to. And perhaps the wife is making more money. Uh, how, how, does it, how does it play biblically uh, as Christians? Should the wife still continue submitting? Or the one to lead is the one making more money as, as is the case in some marriages? Um, the answer lies in the fact that, uh, as I said, these these statements, these statements about these roles are imperatives. They are actually commands. And for me, if a wife now begins to take the central role in this marriage bond, 
Maybe she hasn't read the scriptures. Maybe she hasn't fully grasped the teaching of scriptures. It's a very sad thing, uh, I must admit, yes, uh, young man, that uh, we can see it in, in some homes where perhaps the husband has retired, it's only the, the wife who is working, and there's very little that is coming through the husband to the home, and the wife clearly keeps on saying, you are the provider. <laughs> so we have heard several times. Actually, these are imperatives. They are imperatives. They are not suggestions. The wife must submit to the husband. Perhaps the other question is, okay, she's earning the, the thousands, okay? And uh, should she give that money at the disposal of her head, who is the wife, the husband? Should she say to him, um, well, this is what I'm earning, this is our, our account, as it were, please help us, lead us in spending this money. Should she do that? My answer is yes. That kind of lady is the one who knows what the scripture says, who knows what the scripture says. But then uh, someone might say, well, you know, but uh, you know, he, the way he does spend money is not constructive. Well, there is a problem, <laughs> okay? And that problem is between you and, uh, and him. And uh, so have that problem clearly sorted out. And that's why there are counselors all over. Please use the counselors. Use you, the most immediate counselor is the pastor. The pastor looks after the flock of Christ. He must be available at each of the natural habitats eh, for their members in church. So that when they go to their, to, to their natural home there, uh, the husband or even the wife might be open to open up, must open up and say, well, pastor, thank you, you came. We hope you have a little more time because we have something we want to, you know, to present before you to help us. My dear friends, these are imperatives. They are imperatives. And there are very few men who don't go out there to do what they can to bring sustenance to the home. There are very few. They all try their best. They may end up with very little resources, but at least they try to bring something to their home. They will do that. And that is why I said, wives, please help your, your, your husbands to be what they ought to be. Remember, I talked about the ego. Don't crush his ego. Don't mutilate his ego. Build it up. Love him, as it were. Let him see that he, you love him, that the children love him, that he's... He is not just accepted in the home, but that he is the head of the home. Let him do that. And as again, as I said earlier on, if the wife is doing what the scripture says, even though the husband may have you know, lost a job, the Lord will work something out which will make him again stand head over shoulders working again, doing what is supposed to be done. And I'm, I'm saying this because I have seen it happen. I have seen it happen. Uh, there is a family where the, the, the husband lost his job. Not only that, only a little bit was coming from his retirement benefits, and the wife was really sore, really sore, really bitter as it were. 
it's like you're supposed to be the breadwinner. You blah, 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 blah. blah. Th then, for some reason, the Lord availed a new job to the husband. A new job to the husband. And uh, a job that is giving him something real. Okay? All right, the wife works. Eh? But uh, the husband has jumped again into the job. That's giving him much more than he earned in his previous employment. And the, the confession that I had was uh, I now can see respect. Now, that's not good, is it? Should the wife respect the husband because he has a well-paying job? No. No, not at all. Obey the injunctions of scripture. That's all. I hope I have answered the question. Uh, yes, you have. Um, you've, you've touched on the next question that I had concerning the, the building his ego, the wife building the husband's ego. I think when you, when you first mentioned it and I was seated there, I got a little unsettled that, oh, okay. Reverend Yerenda is encouraging <laughs> ego. So uh, just in case there are other people that might have been confused about this kind of ego you're talking about, what is it exactly and, and how do we differentiate it from sinful pride so yes. that husbands oh. don't end up building oh yes yes no no, husband's no. Sinful pride. Every, every every person whether a wife or a husband they all have an ego okay an ego and that's in psychologically and you know there is an ego we all have an ego mm -hmm. and that ego uh is the is a is like what I am, okay? And if it is uh, in order, this ego is in order, I will be able to achieve much more than I would not normally do, okay? But if it's mutilated, it's like I am crushed down, okay? Crushed down, and uh, uh, anyway, me, uh, finished. I'm not appreciated. I'm not loud I, uh, unless I bring this as it were. So his ego goes down. And may I say on a psychological level that that will lead him to despair. It will lead him to despair. And we have known some husbands who die because of what do they call it? You know, uh, despair when they they, 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 they they can't give anything at all. It's like Lord I am I am I, I'm, I'm nothing, you know. I am nothing, and therefore they go down and down. Eventually, they die. Um, but we all have an ego, and that ego must be uh, carefully, you know, nurtured, carefully nurtured. And for as long as he is strong and able to earn a lot of money for the family, his ego is intact. But when eventually things begin to go wrong and he's not earning as much and things like that, it, it, it goes and lowers down. And especially if he has a wife who is, you know, as it were, you know, touchy and, uh, uh, and uh, always looking at him is useless and that, that kind of thing, that will, will, will crush his ego. And as I said, it's bound to lead to less activity on his part. So I would, yes, there is such a thing as an ego. Every person has an ego. And the, the wife can play a huge role in making sure that that ego is nurtured correctly, that through it he may be able to do many exploits 
for the sake of the family. Okay, so it's a positive thing. It's a positive thing, it's not a negative thing okay. at all. Yes. Yeah, and then you talked about a very pertinent issue of phones today. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure how it's working in, in other families or other couples. Phones can be a, a very big problem. You know, you come from work, you are very busy, and perhaps you want to catch up on some WhatsApp or Facebook or whatever texts, emails, communications, and all. And you say that it's driving a wedge between mm. us as husbands and our wives. And yes. in the bedroom as well, you talked about each person, they are on their phone. Mm. And instead of you catching up and talking to each other, you are talking to other people out there and, and catching up on other people's lives out there without really knowing what's going on in your in your spouse's life, their frustrations, how the day mm -hmm. was and all. Um, what practical ways can we do, can we implement or can we approach this and how can we guard against phones taking over our marriages? Well, the scripture does talk about being subject one to another out of reverence for Christ. Mm -hmm. What that verse is saying, that's Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, what that verse is saying, that my relationship with my wife must be live. Mm. It must be live. And so live that I see her often, she sees me often, as it were, and uh, you know, we, we are literally in touch all the time. Now, unfortunately, the, the phone, this thing here, is, uh, is actually creating you know, uh, is actually bringing into the world individualization. Let me put it that way. Mm. It's bringing into the world, not just between husband and wife, into the world, individualization. We shall reach a point where only the phone and me are critical. These others are interference. Mm. Um, I'm not a prophet. But uh, there is a danger that we may enter into individualization. Uh, so that the one who is closest to me, well, thank God he is here. Uh, but we, we are not talking to each other as we ought because he's on his phone. And so am I on my phone as well. And, uh, and so I am an individual in the presence of another individual. And yet we are communicating out there. Why, what is friendship about? I said, be the best friend to your husband. I can say again, be the best uh, friend, be the best friend to your wife. Because wife and husband, what do friends do? I said, friends talk, okay, they talk. And uh, they talk endlessly. They, they, they don't say today we shall talk about this subject. Nah, they talk spontaneously as well, to each other. And, uh, and because of that, there where it says, be subject to one another, it's talking about the continual presence of your spouse. Continual presence of your spouse. And he is saying that continual presence, uh, or rather continual presence of your wife, must be, as it were, imbued in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, to guide my thoughts, to guide my words, to guide my actions. Be subject one to another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, I am actively with her. She is actively with me. And at the center of it all is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So no, individualization is coming into the world. And the phone, the cell phone, could be largely responsible for that. And uh, we may reach a point in this world where no one else will be important to me apart from what I get on the phone. Remember, husband and wife. And uh, you are talking to others instead of talking to each other. I said husband and wife talk, okay? They also joke, okay? We are not talking about coarse joking, okay? We are talking about holy joking. I, I think the Christian world has the best jokes around. And I tell you, it's, when Christians are together, they rarely are dull as it were. They are laughing because there is this holy joking. The scripture does prohib prohibit us from coarse joking. But wife and husband, they can laugh aloud, okay? They can laugh and joke and laugh. But they also play, you see? Husband and wife ought to play. And here I'm not just talking about, you know, watching football, ah, playing. Playing, you know, they can play uh, darts, they can play chess. Uh, chess, yes, you're right. <laughs> they can play chess, they can play scrabble, they can play. But you see, that's very, very important. That's what friends do. And as they do so, they are talking to each other, often intimately. So, no, friends will talk, will walk, will joke, and will play, okay? So, no, there is a lot that a husband and wife can do. And may I just say this general statement? How have these other couples of many years ago lived together, right? Did they have cell phones? No. And yet they lived together. How did they do that? But did they have other things that could have detracted their attention? The answer is yes. But how did they keep to each other? As far as Christianity is concerned, in the Lord Jesus Christ, they obeyed scriptural teaching about their individual roles and their common roles in the Christian marriage. Okay, thank you for clarifying that because uh, sometimes it can feel as though your spouse is interfering with your phone use rather than the phone interfering in your marriage. <laughs> yes, well, it does, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. As I, it's just that I didn't, I didn't speak concerning that you know, area on in the talk. Yeah. Um, what I would advise couples is your phone must be an open book to your wife. It must be an open book to your husband. In other words, any time it rings, don't be anxious. Let her answer the call. Let him answer the call. Because if I, I quickly get the phone, it's, I'm nearest to this phone, and he's <laughs> grabbing it from me, what is going on? Uh, that can be bad, it can be negative. Okay, it can be negative. No, let the phones be an open book to your spouse so that if you are away and you left it, she can answer all calls and speak, okay? And she can read all the text messages and all the WhatsApp messages from across out there. It's very, very important. Let's be open about the phone and don't be secretive about the phone like one of these women sang and uh, where the husband climbed the tree to 
to answer the phone, uh, just to, away from the wife, as it were. No, that's not right. Uh, in other words, what I'm saying is, thank God we have this technology, mm -hmm. but let us not allow it to, to stand between me and my wife, between me and my husband. It shouldn't stand. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, do we have any questions from this side? Um, any questions or any clarifications that you would like Reverend Nyerenda to make? Uh, okay. So, due to the demands of the world, some may have to stay apart. Uh, could you speak about distant relationships, stroke marriages, in view of fulfilling? Uh, the roles in marriage. So, in other words, how can a wife fulfill her role or her roles to her husband or the husband fulfilling his roles to the wife when they are living apart? Unfortunately, that, that is a, a, a fact uh, that there are jobs eh, that will take the wife away from the husband. Maybe if we are talking about Zambia here, um, the wife finds a job in Lundazi and the husband has a job in Lusaka and, uh, and uh, her job is such that she has to stay in Lundazi and it has happened um, uh, it's rather sad in the Kenneth Kaunda days here in Zambia um, the wife always followed where the husband has been posted in those days, they would transfer us at any time. And the wife would go, and the, the company of where the wife is working will equally oblige. The reason was very simple, because they didn't want to break this, uh, this you know, marriage. They didn't want to break the marriage rules, as it were. They, didn't want, they wanted the marriage to continue as solid as ever. But in these days, uh, we have come across certain husbands that uh, find a job very far and uh, privately say to, 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 uh, to their friends, I am glad I'm away from that woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, if you are born again, you cannot do that. And for me, it is actually evidence that you do not have the spirit of the living God. Because if you do have the spirit of the living God, you should be crying over and over again and try to get a job for your wife where you are, as much as you can, and plead with him. And he is able to do for us much more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. Ephesians chapter, chapter 5, verse 20, okay? He is able to do for us much more than we can ever ask, think, or even imagine. Let's, uh, the, the ideal thing is that they should be together. They should be in the same house as far as is possible. Uh, in other words, when, when jobs separate us in this way, let us plead with the Lord and, uh, and see if the Lord might give you another job within the same town so that you don't separate from your dear husband or your dear wife. That would be the general thing. But unfortunately, it is happening right now. And uh, between husband and wife, but uh, some of them have uh, resorted to um, to video video calls, okay, uh, 
uh, on WhatsApp, as it were, um, on Facebook, uh, video calls, darling, how are you doing, darling, darling, how are you, they are looking at each other. Uh, that's the closest one can do, the closest one can do in such a situation. But it is not right. I don't think it is right. Uh, it is not right. The best thing is for them to be together in the same home, as it were, and fulfill their marriage roles. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a really important question, especially when you were talking about uh, the common rules and First uh, Corinthians 7 about conjugal rights. Mm -hmm. It might be <laughs> impractical when one is in uh, wherever and the other one very far to mm. fulfill that particular role. That particular and role. then there was the issue of companionship, I think, which connotes closeness yeah. and being yeah. together in one place. You can't have a companion, I think. Um, yeah, one is in China. Kilometers away. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. Is there any other question? Thank you very much for that question in Chimunya. And or anything that you would like to clarify or that you would like to amplify on before we, we close. Well, just to repeat myself, mm -hmm. the issue of these roles that God has given us. Uh have no conditions attached to them. Mm -hmm. No conditions. In, in, in places like uh, the, the wife says, uh, ah, but he, he's, he's, he doesn't do anything good, so I can't submit myself to him. That's wrong. There are no conditions. They are simply imperatives. They are commands. And commands uh, tell us that we must obey them. And for me, if it was a command from a human being, perhaps I might be able to, to say, ah, no, I will disregard it. But a command from your God, from, your, from the Father of mercies, from the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has saved us, ah, no. Then I will ignore these imperatives at my own peril, at my own peril. And I will be disappointing the Lord all the time. I will be grieving the Holy Spirit all the time, and that's not good. So I, will, I need to emphasize that these roles are imperatives and they have an indicative, indicative you know, uh, tense attached to it. Submit to your husband and keep on submitting, okay? Uh, that's what it's all about. It's not like submit to your husband once and then forget it. No, it's, it's, it's continuous. Uh, it's in continuous indicative kind of, you know, uh, tense. So please, let's, let's be clear. Let us abide by what the scripture says. If we move away from scripture uh, teaching, as it were, uh, we, we, our church is bound to start, you know, uh, being worldly. Being worldly. And we'll be more so worldly that uh, the, the outside world will be thinking, what, what's the difference between them and us? What's the difference? Whereas in the New Testament church of Acts chapter 2, they were together, right? They were together, and they shared things. They, none of them was there to be needy, as it were. They were a family. They were a family. How much more between husband and wife? And the scripture says, because they were like this, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being uh, born again, as it were. 
And so let us be churches that are so together that the world will be able to see what we are and say, ah, I would like to know why this church is like that. Why they are so different from us. Why are they like that? And in that way, our fellowship, our koinonia, will be an evangelistic tool. Okay, will be an evangelistic tool. So, no, husband, fulfill your marital roles to your wife, and wife, fulfill your marital role to your husband. And do not be surprised if the Lord steps in and blesses you very, very richly. It will be because you are obeying his instruction. Okay, there was a quick one here again. There. You talked about um, people running out of children. I think you were mentioning the ones that are really in the, in the older category. So they run out of their children. It's an empty nest in their home. Everyone has gone. Um, what problem do you have with that? Is what, 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 what causes them to, to relax and not be so I think, I think as, as I said, if yeah. we are not committed Christians who are serious with the word of God, mm. and serious with the, with the knowledge of divinity in them, mm. right? As I said, we will return to our boyhood days, yeah. we will return to our girlhood days, and be as lousy as we can. Mm. And it does happen, I'm afraid to say, uh, uh, to, to a point where uh, there are some couples that are really living with the shipikisha, as they say. You get the point. Um, they, they are with each other because the scripture says only death can separate them. I don't think that's not right. We must live a warm life. In fact, what really should happen, my son? Is, is that when we have run out of children, yeah. we are just as we were, as it was in the beginning, and so you develop a warmer relationship. You, you are not hearing a baby crying, wah, wah, wah. you are not, you know, they're, they're just the two of you, you get the point. Eh? It's, uh, you don't have other commitments of any kind. For me, this, it must be becoming richer and richer. And in many Christian homes, yes, it becomes richer and richer. To a point where, for example, if I died, it should really hurt my wife. You get the point, eh? Really, when she's crying, she remembers me and, I, yeah, yeah. I know, Lord, why did you take him away? But you, you get the point, eh? Why? Because our relationship has been growing warmer and warmer as the years pass by. And even after we have run out of children, they have their own children who are our grandchildren, they have their own wives as it were, and they are the two of us. It must be richer and richer. Because we have more time to read the Bible together, we have more time to pray together, we have more time to do things together, right? And so it warms up. I think those who have got my little book, called Enriching Intimacy and Sex in Christian Marriages, you notice there that there is a graph, okay, on, on intimacy. Uh, it starts off sharp, 
and then it sort of lingers down, but it never goes parallel to the x-axis. It doesn't. But it's, it struggles, but it's rising all the time. And then after retirement, after we have run out of children, it goes up sharp again, right? That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. So let us cultivate our relationship in such a way that she feels the way she used to feel when we were courting, right? And I also look at and say, my, 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 thank you, Lord, that I married this, this woman. You get the point? So we are richer, we are richer. And that should be the case. Thank you very much, uh, Reverend. You're in the last two last questions. Uh, you've written a book, Enriching Sex and Intimacy in Christian Marriage. Where can people buy it? Oh. Then number two, how long have you been married yourself? Well, I'll answer the, first, the second question first. Yes. My wife and I have been in marriage now 42 years. Wow. 42. Uh, 42 years, yes. Longer than some of us have been alive. <laughs> 42 years. And uh, yeah. the Lord has been very gracious in a yeah. way. Um, uh, he has led us this far by His grace. Amen. Uh, that's that one, one we can say. What was the other one? The, um, the book? Oh, the book. Uh, where can, we, uh, where can we get them? I don't know. It doesn't, this, uh, you know, as, as Evergreen Christian Evergreen. Bookshop. Yes, it's bookshop. I saw it there uh -huh. in our Evergreen book, a bookstore. Okay. Yeah. But so, uh, is there anywhere else? Perhaps some people well, are not physically I, I went to Book World, yeah. and they said, your books have run out. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, the problem is to reprint. Oh, okay. And the culture has gone. Okay. Uh, so th there are those constraints. Okay. okay there are those constraints. Uh, yeah. We wish we could. I have done a second edition. Okay. Okay. Of the same book, and yeah. uh, what is needed now is just funding to have it reprinted. Okay. Basically. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll figure, some, we'll figure some that out with bookshops are called, you know, yeah. uh, Book World uh, yeah. was one of those who just got the books and sold them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they have told me they have run out. All right. Thank you very much. I'm sure since the ministry is about marriage, we can find solutions together on how we can get that book printed and more copies made so that uh, more and more people are reached out with the gospel of Christ and the information on how their own marriages can be enriched. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so much. Well, yes, thank sir. you so much for having me. Yeah. And may the Lord sanctify the ministry of his way. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank Amen. you very much. Thank for, you. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, we trust that uh, through the sharing that uh, came through Reverend Yerenda and the questions that came afterward, you have learned uh, one or two things that you can apply in your own marriage and perhaps share the link to the video with uh, some of your friends and family members that can benefit from this uh, broadcast. Um, this is the Marriage Enrichment Ministry Seminar. We have these seminars every quarter. Look out for the next one, God willing, as we go into the next year. Uh, if you have any questions or would like to receive any help or uh, counseling and all, feel free to get in contact with uh, the elders at Kawata Baptist Church or any of the means that you have access to, and then you can receive that help or if there are any clarifications that you would like to seek from Reverend Yerenda, you can reach us and then we'll pass on uh, the number to you or the message and uh, you, you link up. Uh, Reverend Yerenda emphasized that uh, 
if we play our roles in the framework of Christ and his word, much of the problems that we encounter in marriage would evaporate. They wouldn't be there. And he says, if we do it according to his word and obey his commands, we should not be surprised when we start seeing blessings come into our marriages because we are living an obedient life to him. And perhaps the question that we should go away with as a husband or as a wife, are you submitting first and foremost to your Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ? As a husband, are you submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ? As a wife, have you given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and is in control? When we do that, then he said that we are going to find it easier to do that because we are submitting to one another in Christ. So ask yourself the question whether you have made peace with God and could that be the reason why your marriage is always on the rocks. May the Lord bless us and thank you very much for joining us. Have a lovely weekend and compliments of the season. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you were with us throughout this broadcast. Thank you for the word that has come, O oh God, through your servant, Reverend Yerenda. We pray that you may add a blessing to it in your wisdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen.